Congratulations. You've made an excellent life choice today. You're displaying strong character and good taste by tuning into this infotainment web zone. We're poorly informed and highly opinionated. This is Idiots Discuss the Universe. Welcome everybody to another episode of Idiots Discuss the Universe. That's Benny over there, and Hi. my name's Craig. Woohoo! Yay! We're back. We're back. We're Even back, though we baby. probably already played that other episode before this episode, so it seems like we're back to you guys, but we're still our first day back in the studios. Right. Just recording up a storm. Mm-hmm. Just a storm right. of catching up. Information. Yes, an information storm. Infotainment, I think, is what we do. That's what we do. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. There's not enough of that. <laughs> In the world right now, yeah, it's um, infotainment. It's a much needed commodity out there. Just two people telling you their opinions on things <laughs> yeah. like that is something that yeah. you just can't go everywhere to get. Yeah, and and giving you opinions like they're facts. Yeah, just yeah. two toxic no hopers. <laughs> hey, I'm a here. slight hoper now. Are you? I'm a slight hoper. Why? <laughs> no, I, no, I don't know. That's why I asked why. I don't know. I, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, seeing, going to places. You're putting on airs. I'm not. I'm not putting on airs. I've got slight hope now. You know, I don't want to contribute at all to uh, the lady friend, but that's a big part of it. Um, that does help. It helps to have, have a nice gal um, to give you some hope. And then also just kind of, you know, seeing the world. Like, you wouldn't say that you got back from your big trip. Obviously, you don't have hope for here. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, and and neither do I, but I've got hope as far as, like, I see the other parts of the world. For humanity at large, I think I've got more hope than I did before at my my deep dark. Uh, The pipe is a good look, by the way. I just got this yesterday. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, it definitely t- takes you from being like a like a stoner into like a creepy pedophile. <laughs> no, no, cre- not creepy pedophile. Like a, nice a learned, a learned gentleman. A learned gentleman. Yeah, a I've learned got, gentleman. I've got an old. What, what do you call these kind of pipes? Like a Sherlock pipe. I yeah, don't it's know. a Sherlock pipe. It's not one of those ridiculous long oh. Gandalf. It's a Sherlock. It's a Sherlock yeah. because it's like wood and it's got like the plastic tip kind of a thing. Yeah. And, you know, you you picture someone smoking like old like tobacco out of it, kind of. Yeah, but I'm smoking the new wacky tobacco. Woohoo! This tobacco makes you wacky, but yeah, it's uh, no, it's a good look. And uh, but you know, I have more hope for the world when I go to places like uh, you know Phoenix sure. or Texas, sure. just because sure. I'm like, oh, not everywhere is under this like strange stupor. Right, I think I think that that's important. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, it's it it is uh, travel is good for the soul, and I had kind of forgotten that before um, my recent journey to Turkey. Yeah, you know, um, it's a tiger for me now. I mean, like the travel, the travel piece of like being on the plane and all oh, that stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't have the patience or the excitement 
um, for that sort of bit of the experience sure. as I once did. Sure. But um, it was, um, I don't know. I mean, I've, 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 all the traveling that I did before, like the 10 years before I went to Turkey, was all very much like in America. Um, I, did a, I did a considerable bit of it. You know, a uh, lots back to Wyoming, just mm-hmm. all, but it was mostly the West, yeah, and um, West Coast and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't like those are places that I already love. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, there's no like going someplace new and just like falling in love with it. Yeah, you know, and that is so good for you. Yeah, you know, to get um, uh, just someplace new. You know, I would say get out of your comfort zone, but that wasn't the issue that I thought it was going to be mm. really for me. You really? know, I, um, dude, I, it was weird. I, I just didn't feel, um, uncomfortable there. Um, as far as like being like socially out of sync. Right. You know? It was um, not at all what I expected, like traveling into an Arab co- a country, especially not like a touristy area area of uh, not an Arab country, but a Muslim country. Right. Um, and so that was um, an unexpected pleasantry. You know what I'm saying? Sure. There are obviously times that I didn't know like what was going on or like what the proper way of doing things were or like my first trip to a mosque and that sort of thing. Like, you know, like when do you take off your shoes? Like what's go, you know, I knew like some of the stuff that you had to do. And so I was out of, you know, out of my, out of sorts a little bit, you know, but like you figure it out like relatively quickly. And I didn't feel like there was any like, you know, pressure, you know, it was weird. Yeah. You know, and it just felt like, and everybody looks like me there to some degree or worse they look like me or worse you know as far as that goes (laughs) yeah you know like they've all got like big circles under their eyes you know Mm -hmm. they've all got kind of like the same coloring that i have if Mm -hmm. not or darker you know what i'm saying i'm like the lightest of uh, on the spectrum of like that whole thing but they could all be like uncles you know like i'm saying like i saw like my uncle jim there like 500 times (laughs) you know and my grandpa i saw like a bunch of times you know just dudes that look that's him you know it's essentially essentially the same guy you know um and so in that way like you know people didn't like stare at me for that reason you know right um i think they stared at me because i was tall and at times when i was like obviously speaking english or being doing american shit then they would be like okay yeah there's there's the mark for sure but um, I didn't get the cultural thing, but I mean, I did like, I don't know how to start even, I don't even know how to start it out, but, um, well, uh, first of all, the lady, you know what I'm saying? Like the lady, the reason for my going there, um, was the best of the whole thing, right. obviously, you know, and from going to like talking on the Instagram, usually or doing a video call every once in a while every day to like going and spending 24 hours a day with someone for a month and then traveling in addition to that you know and i'm going doing mm-hmm. on little trips and like all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. having a language barrier um 
not that it was really a huge deal at all. You know, she speaks fantastic English despite her protests constantly. Mm-hmm. But um, man, it was it, it just got better. Awesome. You know, like that was that was truly remarkable. Yeah. For someone as like grouchy and just out of that um, scene as I am, for it to be like really like good and getting better. Cool. You know, and yeah. that was um, really nice. Because, you know, you just never know. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It could have gone. And then I'd be in a hotel for three weeks. Yeah. You know, just being like, oh, what am I going to do today? You know, right. is there a tourist bus going? You know what I'm saying? It would have been a whole different experience. Yeah. And she really did babysit my ass, you know, in a sense that, like, everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't go very few, not really at all. I don't think I left the house without her the whole time I was there. Yeah. I mean, take out the garbage and to, like, you know, go just for little things around the yard or whatever or rock the street. I think I did go across the street and get, like, cigarettes once or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, like, she went everywhere with me, you know. And, um, yeah, pretty much translated all of it. And it was, like, you know, it was probably fucking exhausting to do that, you know, because in addition to, like, all the other stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, and again, like, it wasn't all new to her. You know, like, you're taking some dumbass to go, like, it was like someone came to Portland for a month and just made you go do, like, all the Portland touristy stuff. Sure. You know, but, I mean, it's fun. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's not like, oh, we're going to take you to Bali, and then you can go, like, do all the Bali stuff with somebody, spending because it'll all be new and exciting for you, too. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. All the stimulus is going to be... So I don't know. It was just. It was just. She was super cool about all of it, and um, super. She. I think she had a good time too. I hope so. With like all the stuff that we did, it sounds like it. Um, but uh, yeah. So that was like seriously just um, icing on the cake as far as the rest of it all went. Yeah. But. No, it yeah. sounds glorious. Yeah, it was pretty glorious. The weather was the only thing that was not glorious. Hmm. And it was the coldest weather that they'd had in like 40 years. Wow. Like, um, they closed school in Istanbul for snow. <laughs> you know, which I didn't think, I didn't think that that like... Was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd watch some like Christmas Turkish movies, which they call New Year's movies. Mm. But like, they have Santa and all that shit. So it's pretty okay. much fucking Christmas. Yeah. And they show snow in those. Right. Like in, in Budapest and stuff. And then I know in the mountains of Turkey, of course, there's lots of snow. So I know it snows in Turkey because it's high elevation, a lot of it. But I didn't think that, like, down on, like, the Mediterranean. Like, do you think of, like, Greece getting, like, a lot of snow? No, you don't picture snow when you think of the Mediterranean. But they got a bunch. Wow. And it snowed in Izmir, which um, is just, like, a hot as – it's like Phoenix. I mean, Izmir is like Phoenix if Phoenix was on the coast. Huh. Um, super hot, like in the hundreds, you wow. know, in the summertime, and it stays in like the you know the fifties in the in the wintertime, but not for us, dude. It was fucking just above freezing a lot of those days, and cold fucking wind, and all that shit. But um, it made it really cool in a lot of ways because all the touristy stuff was just empty, just absolutely yeah. empty. Cool. Um, we went to we took one weekend trip. To Seljuk, um, which is like a, it's not a village, it's a small town that's, I don't know, um, how many, an hour or two drive outside of Izmir. 
Um, and uh, then from there, we took a bus in, into a little village up in the mountains called Serinje. And um, super cool. I mean, like seriously stepping back in time up in, in that little village. Like all the all the the streets were made of a river stone, wow. and like built just seriously like the you've been to Italy before, mm-hmm. and you get some of those little villages if you've been out in the countryside mm-hmm. that just all the streets are just like these super like they're like stairways, yeah, you know. But this is all this is kind of the same way, you know, just little pathways through all of this sort of stuff, and just kind of climbing like a mountain goat on these river stones to get up to different stuff and just little shops everywhere. But like, I guess that normally that little village is so crowded because it's so like pitch picturesque and just perfect, you know, uh, food and all the vendors and their covered bazaar and all the shit that is going on there. Um, It's just like Disneyland. I mean, like you're kind of like waiting for people ahead of you to walk so you can walk when you're going down those little, you know. It's like visiting, I don't know, someplace super touristy in Italy in the summertime. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like going to Florence and you're just like, oh, my God, can we just walk down the sidewalk? You know, got everybody stopping and talking or whatever it is. It's so crowded. Totally. But this thing was like we were the only ones on the street. Wow. It was like noon, and we could take pictures that looked like postcards because there's just nobody in them. Wow. You know? Yeah. And, um, but everything was still open, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. we didn't, like, suffer any of the, um, like, inconvenience of, like, things. Um, I guess some things probably were more closed down than what they would have been normally, but, like, sure. all the restaurants and all the stores and everything were all the same as they normally would be. And, uh, the, the ancient ruins out there and all the different things that we went to um like a thesis um is was just empty wow. you know like we were like the only ones in like the the huge amphitheater so you know cool. until uh, these this other group of people came in and if there was like seriously less than like 20 30 people in the whole thing and it's whatever 10 square miles of roman ruins wow. it's it's and then we went to the house of mary and got uh, some got some Mary water. Mary water. Because Mary, um, when Jesus was on the cross, said to John, the apostle, um, said, "She's your mother now. You need to take care of her." Okay. And then after Jesus died in Jerusalem, like the Jews weren't so keen on this new Christianity groove, so mm. so they were killing. Like I think St. Stephen and a couple other people died in that early Christian area mm. era, right right after Jesus was crucified. That continued to like try to pass, push out the cult or whatever it was. Mm. And so John took Mary, according to legend, to the house that I went and visited in Turkey, uh, in Seren- uh, not in Serenje, but like out by Ephesus, because okay. Ephesus was like a huge. A huge city. That's where the Temple of Artemis was, right? Um, okay. Which was one of the wonders of the seven, the one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, right? And that was in Ephesus. That's where the Book of Revelation was written, and uh, Paul got kicked out of there. One of the many places, like um, Ephesians from the Bible, it's a letter that Paul wrote to the church that was in that city. Okay, and so there wow. is this ancient fucking biblical history right this ancient um house that has been 
that's still like all the Christian, there's nuns that live there and all that sort of stuff, but it's considered one of like two or three of the Mary houses that you can go to, but it's like one of the most legit because the the tomb supposedly of John is in Seljuk, which was the town that we stopped in, and we did go up there and climb the... Um, the old castle hill and part of that was the roman ruins are still there and you can see the the um tomb of john the the baptist no not john the baptist because oh. john the baptist had his head chopped off oh i didn't know that yeah salome the dance of the seven veils okay so um there was a, there was a king uh, king of jerusalem at that time and he had a wife that hated john the baptist right and so she convinces her husband well her husband he, he knows that her husband has the hots for her daughter right so he she convinces okay. her daughter to say i will do the dance of the seven veils which oh. is eventually like a strip tease if you will give me anything that i desire gotcha and the king's like oh absolutely just go ahead and do it so they creep out and do that and then he says what do you want he's like i want the, the head of john the baptist on a platter whoa and so he goes and gets john the baptist and cuts off his head and brings it into her and that's how john the baptist died now this is john like this is like john the guy that wrote um the, the rock of the church or whatever it is, right? I think he's the rock of the church. He's Jesus' favorite disciple. Oh, okay. Because it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Gotcha. Right? Those are the four um, the four books of the Bible. This is the John that wrote one of the, the, the Gospels. Okay. Well, supposedly. Actually, the Gospels were written by other people later, but we're not going to get into all of that. Yeah. But that's, that's supposedly his tomb. Okay. Cool. And then there's a big Turkish fort up there and an old mosque. And... Um, but that was the, that was another day, um, yeah. But it was amazing. I mean, like so inexpensive. Like we went and got like one of the nicest hotel rooms in that whole village, and it was like two hundred lira. So at an exchange rate of fifteen dollars for one lira, it turned into being like less than twenty dollars. Right, yeah. Or it's fif 15 lira is $1. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so 200 lira is, yeah, not very much yeah. money. And it was, That's you know, um, yeah, a room, with, a room to sit down in, a room for a bed, a big window that opened out, looking out over the whole village. Yeah. Fireplace. Shower, everything you know i mean not like it wasn't like the four seasons by any means because it was in this ancient turkish house that mm -hmm. had been converted into hotel rooms but like for like a less than 20 dollar hotel room like it was the, one of the best that i've ever stayed in as far as Fuck that goes yeah. you know um went and saw a um, gypsy band that night at the um nightclub the music was just like yeah, it was that's so what I was so refreshing, dude. Cool. Like so refreshing. The pop garbage is still garbage, but it just has a different sensibility to it. You sure. know, they love their EDM and the dance uh -huh. music there. You know, yeah. Um, just like a, I don't know how to where it's really like the uh, Ariana Grande. You know, kind of like that sort of feel, yeah. but in Turkish 
with some Turkish traditional instruments and some beats in there. So it's a little bit different, you know. Yeah. Got a lot of that. Got a lot of ABBA, a lot of European, you know what I'm sure. saying? Like that's like, kind of like they're very tuned into Europe really yeah. more so than the United States as far as their sound. So there's still like that that ABBA feel that you get from like European pop music, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of has that. I don't know. It's still it's still a thing. Disco-y kind of thing. It's just like a weird production. Like Scorpions sometimes have it. It's got that yeah. like kind of big it's more of a big production sound. Yeah. You know, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but um I don't know. I don't know. There's there's just like if you could take like just pop has a little bit a little bit different it's just not quite as edgy or as like it's just a little smoother. Everything's right. a little smoother there sure. as far as like their pop and their dance and all of that stuff, you know. Ours is a lot more the hip hop influence where it kind of right. cuts and breaks and there's just like those moments of like really silence in it and there's always like that wall of sound in like European pop music okay, it seems gotcha. like you know yeah. ABBA is very much wall of sound because there's just so many instruments going on in the background and they all kind of blend together into this one noise right and then they just sing over it like angels you know and everything kind of like has devolved from that at least in the pop the, the European pop scene I mean, your England's a little different but like that that like Italian singers singing in Italian like kind of go with that mm. What's the big Eurosong contest? They're the Eurosong, they're like they, they they have like the big awards where every country puts in their top act and then they all gets voted right. out. That's Eurovision. Eurovision, right? That's huge shit. Yeah, you know there, and still is, and they cool. all have that. Like, in, ABBA was the first one to win the Eurovision. Oh, and so I think it kind of like it's still kind of going. Yeah, you still know? launching careers and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like their American Idol. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Like, for just really already established, sort of established local country bands. Interesting. It's how you break, like, the international barriers in Europe and become, like, a country, multiple country act. Gotcha. You know? Because there are certain, like, acts from Turkey that tour, like, Germany and Brussels and all that sort of stuff and France and all that stuff and have fans there. But you kind of have to go through that gauntlet. Right. What's the relationship with Turkey and Germany? Because it seems like they have like a closer thing going on mm-hmm. than well, they were friends in World War One. Oh, yeah, didn't go real well for Turkey right. in World War One. Right, um, didn't go real well for Germany either in World War One, but really didn't go well for Turkey in World War One. Right, and then they got all like fucked over by the British and everything. You know, the British okay. took over Byzant- uh, 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 Constantinople, Byzantium, or whatever it was called at that point, Constantinople at that point. Yeah and divided up the country into spheres of influence between the Greeks and the Italians and all like ancient, just ancient Turkish enemies. Right. And um, so they spent most of that, the time after World War One, like pushing everybody back off of the Anatolia and established the Republic. And then they were neutral in World War Two, I believe. Okay. But probably a little bit symp- sympathetic to the Germans. All right. If you were neutral, that meant you were like, yeah, the Germans, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're not so bad. Well, we're, I mean, we're I not just, against them. They, they have a long history with the Germans for That's some reason. You know, like, like I've a, there's that. been this like long partnership with them. Yeah. Because like a lot of Turkish, 
there's a whole word for like a, a Turkish underclass. It's not really an underclass, but it's like a subset of um, Turks that have grown up in Germany. Right. And they like there's a lot of them that just speak Germany as their pri- the German as their primary language, and then they know Turkish as a second language or right. as like their family language. And those people are kind of like. Yeah, but again, like those people usually have like money and like you know they're a little more influent. But like regular Turks are like, yeah, you're not really Turkish anymore, right, right, or right. whatever, or you're you've been stained, sure, by those Germans. But there's a long history of just shenanigans between the the Turks and the Germans. Yeah, the Turks and like the Iranians too. You know, the Germans and the Iranians too. Huh. There's a lot of shenanigans that have been happening for a long time there too. Interesting, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because one of my good friends is an Iranian German, Elin Najafian, which I haven't spoken to for a long time, but we were very, very good friends for a while there. Um, And she was, yeah, she was like a blue-eyed Iranian German girl. Wow, cool. Um, And her dad was definitely just like, you know, he was like the Ayatollah. He was totally, he was a totally Iranian dude. Yeah. Yeah, just Iranian dude. But it's cool, you know. Um, But yeah, I I don't mean I don't know what else to say. Like the most the most shocking stuff about it was like how sad it made me for America in like so many different ways. Yeah. Even though America beats it in like so many measurables, you know, it just felt like I've been thinking about it because I've known we're going to be doing this podcast for a long time, and I was trying to think of a way of saying it that is, like, fair and, like, reasonable to, like, all parties involved, you know, because I'm not, like, America-hating or any of that sort of stuff, even though I do enough of that as an American. um, I do still recognize that there's a lot of things that America has that Turkey doesn't have. But I think the difference is like being in a country that is just about to take off and enter into its next wave of significance you know because i mean Mm. turkish is turkey has been there in a bigger way than america even for many times in its in its history you know what i'm saying so that area of the world and those people have been up and down the 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 thing but you get that feeling when you're there that this society and this culture and this country is on the up you know um lots of young people lots of things getting built you know like people are like like working together and they're nice to each other and they have like this idea that even though things are worse than they are now like it's kind of like they got like this goal that everybody can like agree on yeah there's like a cohesive fabric right even though times are tough like they know where they're trying to go and they everybody seems to be kind of on board like a good majority enough of the majority of the people there are on board to get there that they're just like this is part of Unlike in America, there were like, we have no idea where we want to go. We just know that here is not bad, and it just seems to be getting worse. You know, like we're going through the hardships of COVID 
for what's on the other side. You know, we can go to restaurants again and continue that existence that was making us really sad and killing our soul before. Mm -hmm. We can go back to doing that again and that'll seem good because it was so bad now. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, we kind of have that mentality, right. which might be, I'm trying not to be too dark because I feel like I'm sorry, Spenny, the last couple times I've seen Spenny, it was just like, this fucking place sucks <laughs> and I'm fucking angry and yeah. I gotta kind of change it or whatever. I get it, though. I get um, it. I, I expected that, to be honest. I mean, and I, and I, and I don't mean it so much um, deep down, I don't think. Um, but it, uh, well, there's America at large, and then there's Portland, you know? Yeah, you know, it's like the, yeah, yeah, for sure. But America at large, even, you know, just like the the attitudes of everybody everywhere that I've been is just like, we're, pla at the very worst, we're plateauing. Yeah. You know? And yeah. we might be plateauing for a while, which is what I think, and then we're going to go into the next rise or whatever it is, or even slumping for a little while, and then we're going to go into the next rise. I don't feel like America's over, but I do feel like we are like at that. We've hit the top of the roller coaster, and we're starting to go back down again, and people yeah. are like, whoa, you know. And like in Turkey, you're just starting to go up that hill right. again. You know what I'm saying? And you can see that well, we're going to be up there pretty soon. It's going to be awesome, you know. Yeah. And like we're just moving up, and I can feel that we're moving up, and it might be a little slow or whatever right now. But I know where we're going, and it's it's going to be better than where we're going, yeah. where we're at right now. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it 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 just uh, and I guess they are like pretty patriotic or pretty uh, at least Izmir's very into like Ataturk and like the founder of the Republic and stuff like that and it's just it was just really kind of a weird odd thing that everywhere had Turkish flags right everywhere had like pictures of like the guy that founded the Republic up yeah. in the wall um, no, I mean it's got to make a huge difference you're like oh people love the place that they live yeah it's like a simple thing but it's like here it's very fractured and right even if you do, if you are flying the flag in a lot of places, it's because you're, like, rebelling or it's because you're, like, trying to make a statement. Well, if you talk to any of those people, they're all, like, it's all so fucked up right now. You know, everything is, like, I may love this, but it's so fucked up up right and that's everybody that's the cadence that it all comes down to what liberals or conservatives like if you talk to them very much they're like it's all just all fucked up you know what i'm saying yeah, like, yeah, i yeah. either love it or i hate it but it's all fucked up and it needs to change yeah you know and in turkey they're like no we've got it all pretty much figured out and we just gotta like extrapolate this shit out and it's all gonna be fucking glorious soon yeah you know that's at least that's the sense that I got from somebody that only could speak to people that like spoke English, right? You know, and the girlfriend who's obviously very pro Turkey, sure. Um, yeah, and and it was just like super, um, refreshing. Yeah, you know, and it felt like, um. Like everything made sense, you know. Yeah. In a lot of ways, and it was some of it was shitty, sure. But it made sense. Yeah. You know, and there was a reason for the reasons that they did everything. You yeah. know, and it was in this world where like, um, individuality wasn't as big a deal, right? As it was, as it is here, right? 
in a way that is like hard to explain to like until you like get there and feel it you know what i'm saying in the sense that they worry about like what people are going to think about like their family if they mm. do something wrong and it's like a very like it's an inher inherent like responsibility you know what i'm saying yeah it's one of those cultures that is oriented on a different core value than ours yeah where ours is like liberty or freedom or whatever it is there's this like responsibility mm. And I guess that they say like the world is a spectrum. If you start in like fucking Seattle or San Francisco and you start going uh, west, no, you start going east, mm -hmm. things go from like individuality to like collectivism as you go across the, around the, the world, world, you huh. know, until you hit China and Japan, which those societies are even more than Turkey or right. just like what, you know, the family and all that, who, what's mom and uncle pop going to think and all those people. Right. right. Yeah. Um, even more so than Turkey, but like that's far enough. Like that's like the halfway point, you know, where I was and it's so noticeable and it just changes things. It's such a core level and it just seems like, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been there long enough to know, but man, it just seemed like healthier and happier. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. And um, it made me sad, yeah. you know, that like, um, and it didn't work out in my head. It didn't seem the way that it's been painted to me as someone that's grown up under the Liberty thing. Mm. You know, where all that, that responsibility and you have no freedom and you have no, like, personal individuality. You, like, have to, like, um, bow to, like, what your grandparents and your parents and all these elder thing of society. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and that sounded so, like, repressive mm -hmm. to me and um, just awful you know what i'm saying that was against everything that i was as like a young person and as an adult for sure. so long you yeah. know but when you get there and you kind of get into it long enough you start to see like oh well that responsibility extends from everybody around me to me too you know so i'm not i'm not just giving it out do hmm. you know what i'm saying you're getting it back yeah in a way that like i don't feel here yeah you know what i'm saying like you go to somebody's house and like you know obviously you take off your shoes and you do all this stuff and you, you know whatever but like once you're there like it's different you know what i'm saying like it's like a special deal mm. you know what i'm saying and in america like the more you visit somebody the less they give a fuck right you know and like there you get the sense like the more that you visit somebody like the more special you become because like you know what i'm saying like they understand that and like that idea of like the guest and like i don't know it's it's hard to explain but like there's like a you receive back from that feeling of like responsibilities or whatever it is that they're that they're going for they're going with yeah and it just makes things nicer totally you know and there's like a systems in there's a system in place to be like to give to give and to be gracious and to be thankful and you know what i'm saying like those those 
things in the society are like in place there still you know those customs um i don't know like it's like one of those things so like and I'm, I'm the same way like the more that i would go to somebody's house the less respectful i would be of that house right yeah do you know what i mean yeah and there you feel like it's exact opposite. Right. Like the more you go to somebody's house, the more it becomes your fucking house. Right. And like you're going to do whatever, you know what I'm saying? You it becomes like, right. right. It's yeah. a, and, and it's cool, you know, because yeah. when that, when something happens there, everybody fucking shows up to help. Right. And, um, and it extends outward in like bigger ways, you know. I mean, people are like so happy that like, if you're trying to speak a little bit of like Turkish, dude, they're like, man, they appreciate that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they understand like it's a different attitude than like someone trying to speak like broken, shitty English in America. Right. You know, where it's just like an, if you notice it at all, it's an annoyance. Right. You know, and there it's like, oh shit, you know, like you're trying to speak Turkish. Yeah. You know, and then they're just like, oh, shit, sit down and have some tea and yeah. let's fucking hang out and, like, get to know each other and, like, you so, know. Do you have any good uh, Turkish phrases that you remember? Um, no, not really. I didn't know very much when I when I was there. That's like, you know, thanks. Okay. You know, hashkakal yeah. um, is goodbye. Gunadin is good morning. Kuroshurus, see you later. Okay. Um, that's a strange language. Merhaba is hello or yeah. salam is okay. hello. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm learning a bunch. I'm learning baby. I'm learning baby stuff on baby the thing. St- like yeah. yeah, on the Duolingos. Yeah, cool man. Yeah. No, I mean it sounds amazing, and uh, you know, there's that some sort of I forget who said it or whatever but it's like the whole idea that like discipline is actual true freedom you know yes where it's like yeah maybe like in action they're not free to just do whatever they want when they want but like their souls are freer or something like that because like they can i don't know there's like this i don't know grounding of like responsibility there's there's a meaning yeah. I think I got into it. I got in, into it, but I got into a long uh, talk with one of the one of the dudes at the at the shop, uh-huh. um, and he was just like, "Oh, it's it's the end of Western civilization. Everything's going fucking bad, and all that sort of stuff. Right. And we're just losing our freedom and losing our freedom and all that sort of stuff." And my and my thing was like, and I was just being kind of contrarian, probably. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "We're not really like losing." I don't think we're losing our freedom really. Like our freedoms are just going wild in in the sense that like freedom only truly works when you can only let men do what they want to do if they want to do the right thing. Right. If they're you responsible. Know? Right. Yeah. You know, so like freedom works when everybody's on the kind of the same page and they're trying to um do things that are meaningful and power and positive or in the interest of the greater society. Yeah. You know, freedom stops being such a good idea when it moves towards like that Mad Max model. Yeah. Where you're just like, I'm going to let my freak flag fly and everything else can fucking spin and burn bitches. Yeah. You know, like that kind of freedom is, um, 
I mean, it's great, I guess, if you're like on the high of being that person. You know, there's something to be sure. said for it. I mean, it's a very rock and roll kind of like value that I have chased a lot in my life. Mm -hmm. You know sure, what I'm same. saying? Yeah. Um, but I think it's like culturally destructive. And that was a big learning for me, I think, you know, there. And just over the last couple of weeks of coming back, you know what I'm saying? This how much of how much of this society is just over that tipping point and when that tipping point was in like so many of the things that I've loved, I love and I have loved, I can look at now and be like, that's kind of part of the problem yeah that's that's, that's a hard thing to that's swallow. a hard thing these yeah. this thing that i loved and like have incorporated into my being is kind of part of the problem right you know and um i don't know that's depressing yeah no it, back, it is yeah. depressing and i mean like i think it you know it can be broken down in a lot of ways like um yeah because i i've been struggling with the same thing and i'm sure it's like a lot more poignant and obvious when you're like in that culture you know when you're like face to face with it from like all of the positives of a place that yeah is, oh sure you know yeah but um here we're kind of faced with like the negatives of what we've got and what we've been pursuing like you know like a, a rock star lifestyle slash fame for every individual kind of a thing, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, to pursue whatever exactly it is that they want in an individualistic sense, and you know, realizing like you know, metal music, uh, rock, you know, it all contributes to that very self-centered way of thinking, you know, mm -hmm. or it's like an expression of that ideal right um and so yeah it's like it is a little bit uh disheartening because it's like this sort of like come to jesus moment almost like literally where you're like oh you know i see why like our parents and stuff were like more you know trying to encourage us to do those things and then because of that we're like no i don't want to and um you know there's like this whole like celebration of adolescence and everything in yeah. the u.s yeah. um well i think in a way like both of our parents were born into it maybe not my dad but like i feel like anybody that grew up in the 50s or afterwards like that's when like that youth culture thing started yeah you know after world war ii right and the inf infantilization of the american populace yeah or whatever it is but i think like most our parents both of ours you know especially yours because they're not that much older than me like right. they it, the ship had sailed by the time they showed up right. you know they're just kind of like echoes of like the feelings of your grandparents right you know and it's just a little stronger with them yeah. and then you're an echo of those things which are an echo of those things mm -hmm. but like i think that it already it started in such a huge way you know where um and maybe even farther back than that you know like the idea of the individual in the western um, world with descartes and all that sort of stuff like um 
maybe that's where it kind of started to creep in. You know, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely a level of it that's good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I do think that um, it's been cor- it's been corrupted. You yeah. Know? No, it, like, it definitely has. And our parents as baby boomers, you know, like they were the first generation to get corrupted, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like become like so and no no shade on your parents or my parents or anything. But sometimes COVID feels like it's like the first this is the first big flu season for the baby boomers and they're all super worried they're gonna catch the pneumonia and die because they're old now. Right. And that's what COVID is. Right. And that's why it's been allowed to like go is because that huge section of our populace is now worried about the seasonal flu right. because they're old and that's what old people die of is the seasonal flu. Right. So now we're going to shut down the world every time anybody gets ill. Right. Until all of these fuckers die from whatever they fucking die of. Right. Um, and that's also another difference in Turkey. Turkey's a really young person country. Right. You know, lots of kids. Yeah. You know, lots of young men. Right. And women. Yeah. And um, that's a different feel. You totally. know, because Portland is so like, I still feel like a kid in yeah. Portland. You know what I'm saying? Because there's like babies. People. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you're finally kind of coming out of the baby mm-hmm. levels. You know what I'm saying? You're not, you don't really look like a baby. You look like you could be an adult, you know? Right. Um, but like most of your friends, like, you know, I see them walking around like, oh, that's a little baby. Look right. at those little babies. There's, they're still like teens. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And then there's just super old people. Yeah. And then, you know, everybody else, you know. But I still feel like um, I haven't really gotten, like, as far as demographics going, like, any older since I've moved to Portland. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I'm in the same spot as far as where everybody is. There's just no kids and no young people be- behind me. You right. know what I'm saying? It's just way less. Yeah. Because my generation... And the ones that are a little bit older than me did not have, like, your parents just had enough kids to, like, replace them. Right. You know, no population growth right there. And, like, a lot of folks didn't even have that. Right. And um, so it's just less. You totally. Know? And um, I still feel like I'm kind of in that same spot. But there's a lot of people in their 60s here, mm-hmm. you know. Lots of people in their 70s. Absolutely. 40s and up. For mm-hmm. sure. That's a good point. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I still have, like... Uh... Like I... Like we started out the podcast. I've I've got some, like, slight hope. You know? Like oh, some, some, like, modest hope. I'm not, like, a no-hoper. Well, I mean, for, for America, you mean? Well... Just in general? Yeah, just, for like, people in general, I guess. Oh, like, sure. For, like, my life. And, oh, sure. You know, I don't know, as, as far as, like, America at large goes. There's but. so many, there's so many, like, good people. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are just so many of them that that is... Um, that we forget. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it, the world runs spectacularly smoothly, and most people are really nice, even if they are having a hard time. Like, most people leave everybody else alone, and they try yeah. to take care of their shit. Like, that is a good chunk of everybody. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, but when you have, like, 
I don't know, but we've just we've just come to a point in our culture where we have allowed the extremes to get the microphone. Yeah. And it's making um it's like they say, like in a in 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 the world, like eighty percent of the people don't make don't mean shit, right? You know, they they they, they just doesn't matter what they think, right? And then there's like two percent at the top that have all the power and money and everything, right? Right. And then there's like eighteen percent there in the world that are like kind of like the educated people, the people that have a little bit of money or a little bit of influence. They mm-hmm. have like good jobs, mm-hmm. um, entertainers, um, all that sort of stuff fits into that eighteen percent. Right. And that eighteen percent is what controls the entire. Um, the eighty percent. Controls everything. I mean, the top and the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's all about what you can get that 18% to do. Right. You know, and right now we have, like, that 18% is, like, split, like, right down the middle across the world. Yeah. You know, where the the red and the blue or however you want to look at it. You know? Sure. And it's the same in France. It's the same in England. It's the same all over the place. Yeah. And, um... We just don't know which way we're going to go, especially in America. You know, yeah. if you take that and, and extrapolate it down to just America's population, like it's just right down the fucking middle, yeah. you know. And once that 18% decides or it gets to be a larger percent, and that's what we're waiting for. I mean, like what what's, what is missing from everybody's equation? You know, all of the like however you want to look at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, if you think it's, like, secret people controlling the government or actual government controlling the government or Soros and um, Elon Musk, like, fighting for control of the world or whatever, however you want to look at it. Um, I forgot what I was fucking going to say. Which, which way oh. the 18% is going to go? Like, what what's missing from... Oh, it was meaning meaning right yeah i mean there's just no there's no there's no mission for a good chunk of the population to get behind and stay behind yeah you know like if we had a messianic figure show up right or something like that like that's that's like what this situation in the world that's what's always fixed it or not fixed it but just shot it in its next direction Mm mm-hmm you know, as the Roman thing started to break down, Christianity showed up and, like, came along and um, gave everybody a new direction, yeah. right? And no matter how bad shit got in the Dark Ages, they figured out, oh, we're still doing the, the Jesus thing, right? You right. know, that's what we're doing, so yeah. we're going to keep going on that. Same same thing with, like, the beginning of the Republic in Rome. You know, like, this democracy thing and this, like, city-state thing is kind of breaking down, so what are we going to do next? We're going to conquer the fucking world. Right. You know, and we're just going to keep moving out of Italy and just start taking over Carthage and all this, whatever we're going to do. And that's what we're doing next. We're moving into the imperial part of Rome, and it's no longer, you know, that's a new Mm -hmm. thing, you know. And our society is at a point right now that we just don't know what the next thing to do. And you can tell it from our slogans because it's all about what we don't want. Right. There's nobody coming out and saying, like, this is what we do want. You know, even the things we do, we, we want we want gun control. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that's like, we want you to not have guns. So it's like yeah. a negative, it's still a negative thing. Right. Or like anti-abortion or any right. of that sort yeah, of stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. Keeping people out. Right. Or yeah. like taxing billionaires or yeah. any of this stuff is all like, we want to stop doing this thing that we're doing mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. You know, or we want to change this thing that we're doing now. There's nobody coming up and saying like, that's why aliens would be like a thing. Right. You know, like if aliens showed up and they'd be like, oh, now we've got to deal with aliens. Yeah. And that seemed like the right thing to come next or whatever. I mean, I don't know. But, like, something like that that just changes the conversation completely and sets you on this new trajectory that, like, your goals and opinions and um, your measuring apparatus is just adjusted for this new parameter. Yeah. And a lot of stuff that was important before just stops being important because everybody's going for this other thing. Yeah, no, totally. And I think we might be able to get there. I think that, you know, a big part of it is it, Mark Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's you know it's funny. I've been reading this book called The Master Game, and it's about uh, it's from like the '60s, uh-huh. and it's um this sort of like bio biochemist psychologist kind of guy um you can tell it's like after the whole acid craze happened okay and people thought they were on the cusp of like true enlightenment through acid but now it's like oops turns out the drug's not gonna just fix it you know right and uh but they kind of got a glimpse of like oh the human mind is maybe capable of more than we thought you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and he basically is breaking like life down into like these multiple games, right? And he's saying that you need to have a pursuit of some sort in order to essentially avoid like mental illness, right? You know, and so there's these different games, and you know, game just meaning like it's got a goal. You right, know, right, you, right. You, uh-huh. the The point would be to just play it as as well as you can, and so there's the three lower games, which are like the pursuit of wealth, which he calls hog and trough. Um, there's the, the pursuit of fame, which is cock on dung hill. <laughs> which I'm like, that's funny. And then there's the pursuit of like glory and victory, which is called the Moloch game. Okay. Um, because it's like, you know, you would uh sacrifice anything. Um. Just like how they used to, like I guess, sacrifice children to Moloch uh-huh, or whatever. Uh-huh, right. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's uh, no game, which he says like a lot of people just have. They're, they maybe realize that oh, everything's a game. I hate it. I don't even want to play anything. And you know, then you just there's no game. You right. know, which mm-hmm. you can do that. Um, then there's like the householder game, which he says is like purely neutral and like kind of just like a normal pursuit and. You know, something you should, if you decide to do that, like, do it well and everything. Um, But it doesn't mean that you're, like, a good person or a bad person, necessarily. And then there's the four higher games, which are uh, the art game, the science game, the religion game, and then the master game. And uh, the, you know, the aim of the art game is, like, beauty and expression, you know, in its purest form. The aim of the science game is knowledge religion game is salvation and master game is awakening Uh right and so okay like each one of these games uh they can be like if played 
purely the four higher ones are all like very noble valuable pursuits but a lot of people pretend like they're playing the art game but really they're playing the fame game Uh uh-huh okay i gotcha you know a lot of people pretend like they're playing the science game but they're really doing the glory the victory like i just want to be correct yeah the religious game and they're playing the moloch yeah Yeah, uh exactly Mm -hmm. and so um the master game is basically you know the attempt to like reach enlightenment without the use of drugs you know it's like what okay. all of the uh-huh. monks and all of the people you know they've all been trying to do um gotcha but it, it's just interesting because even back then all of this is you know it all rings true about um you know the lack of meaning you know yeah the lack of direction that most people have um because i think a lot of people don't want to commit to like one of these games kind of a thing you know or if they do they're doing it like half-heartedly and it's just like like like, um and so i don't know it's definitely had me thinking a lot about all that sort of stuff it's just very interesting um and i think maybe one of the problems with our society if you look at it in that framework is that the, the the placeholder folks are getting like the species type of satisfactions like manipulated or taken away you know what i'm saying right. or they're not having children like they should or as early as they should right. or they are um not you know eating like good food for them and like you know doing like the the day-to-day pleasures that are just like the normal man living pleasures you know those have been um sublimated by other shit to the point that they're not even getting like what they want out so that that tends to like rather than being neutral or not necessarily bad or good or whatever but it just tends to be like emotionally yeah getting worse as right. as it goes forward yeah totally because i mean and i i would say a lot of those people they're not doing the householder game even necessarily they're just doing no game you know right right they're just being and like yeah they're living and everything but it's almost completely aimless because um no one's laid this idea out for them which is i think laid out in a lot of different ways in a lot of different cultures like the idea of like dedicate yourself to something pursue it like your mm-hmm. life depends on it mm-hmm. and then maybe somewhere along the way you'll find happiness but that's not happiness isn't really the end goal here yeah you know it's more like meaning mm-hmm. is the end goal and uh but like with the householder game yeah like a lot of people aren't doing even that and that's like a very neutral right. one you know because they think that they have been corrupted they they step out of the game but they still want the things that the false games provide yeah and they don't realize that the false games are false games because the things that they provide don't give you the things that they think it would like yeah. fame is not going to give you happiness right money's not going to give you happiness right you know fame doesn't get you real friends right and so they're they're thinking that like oh well i don't have this thing that will make me happy even though that thing doesn't make anybody happy right yeah you know it's like this false gives them a false set of goals yeah or even things to dream about. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's it's messing with your psycholo- psychology. Yeah. To be asking for things that, um, even if they were within your grasp, grasp would not do the thing that you want them to do. Right. 
Yeah. It's um Yeah, and you know, and I think the thing also that like I have to keep in mind as much as I love Turkey and I did fucking love it, dude. Spenny, when you come there with me like yeah. next time, yeah. like the food, dude. The food is awesome. The huh? food is so out of this world. Cool. I mean, like one thing like everything you eat like is like oh that's my favorite thing that I <laughs> here you know awesome. it's fucking awesome cool like they just do it all better yeah. except for french fries they're working on french fries they're still, still working on the french fries they just like the really big ones they like the really big like um huh. chunks of taters that are still kind of like, like taters a jojo under, more like a jojo but okay. not like all the way brave to a jojo uh-huh. but like like mini Jojo, wedge cut, I think is okay, what we would call it. Cut. You know, mm-hmm. I call them raw on the inside a little bit. <laughs> oh, no, or just, they're not just, frying them long enough? Just tater on oh, the inside, no. you know. Yeah. They're cooked. Right. Um, and they're cooked delicious. They're cooked like an oil on a stove, like the way, you know, like it's yeah. it's fucking, it's good. You know right. what I'm saying? Like it's home cooking. It's like homemade French fries. Gotcha. I guess, kind of, you know. Sure. Um. And I didn't go to McDonald's or any place there, or like Burger King, I guess is what it is there. But like, I didn't try like the fries from the fast, the the like the American fast food places to see what right. they would be like if they had defaulted to like the local custom because right. they like it. They like it's the like fry. The, it's, they like the fry that way. Yeah, you know. But for all I know, they have another thing they call, and that's like the fry is exactly what I like. Right, right, you know, because right, right. there were times that like that. Well, this isn't what I want, and they're like, "Oh, we call it. We call the thing that you call kebab this." Right. right you know, right, and right. I'm like, "Oh, that is what I love right mm-hmm. there." You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing, dude. Just all meat and like spicy meat. Cool. And like, yeah, dude, sounds great. Yeah, it's right pasta. Alley. It's like. Cool. If Mexico and Italy got together and had a baby. Sweet. In a lot of ways. A little bit of Asia going on in there, yeah, too. I was going to say, is there more like Middle Eastern, Mediterranean? Yeah, it's vibe? definitely got a Middle Middle Eastern, Mediterranean, in the, in the sense that there's no pork right. in anything. Right. Um, it's chicken or beef. But yeah, no, it's kind of, it reminded me, of, there's definitely like a lot of Italian influence, you know, or just pasta and that sort of thing is like a big deal. And like rice is a big deal there. Um, not super bread, but the bread is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, no, I take that back. No, there's fucking super bread there. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like you can just see that it's like where Europe meets Asia in a way yeah. that like it has like enough of everything that like not a whole lot of Indian kind of feel to anything. You know what I'm saying? That like sure. the curry and that sort of spice, but like some of it is like just some of the best barbecued meat that you've ever had, you know, cool. and the spices are just like hot but not quite Mexican, but sometimes mm-hmm. it can kinda of get into that territory. Mm-hmm. Um and not like that acidic tomato thing of like of like of Italian Italian mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like yeah it's it's like Tex-Mex it's like American mm-hmm. food and Mexi- traditional Mexican food and they meet and it's even more delicious than cool. you know and it's like three or four cultures all coming together so it's kind of got that Lebanese thing mm-hmm. and then like Italy and then their own like do you see if there's any deal. like if there's a like a Turkish restaurant in Portland? Uh, there is, there was one. I don't know what there. I don't know if there is now uh, anymore. But I I looked it up um for some reason a couple of years ago before I even started this craziness. But um mm-hmm. there was one or two of them. But 
that would be fun to go see like what that's like yeah it and compares it all mm-hmm. um and then each city definitely from what i understand has like its own different yeah, its own thing going on that's you know? cool so a lot of the stuff that i had this is only available here right. you know or this way is only available here and turkey's amazing because it doesn't really import or well, it exports but it doesn't really import food that it is grows cool. like almost everything that it uses for all of its wow. dietary things yeah. there, you know, other than like you've got the chocolate from Germany and different things coming in, you know, whatever. Sure. But like they do it pretty much all there. They grow most of like the staples and everything. Right. Yeah. All the livestock, all the stuff. And it's just like so close. Like everything is just like, I don't know. It's just like better. Yeah. You know, it, the food tastes different. You can tell it didn't travel like 4,000 miles. It, or whatever. Yeah. And it's just different yeah I, it's hard for me to explain that's a huge thing though i can't emphasize it enough that it was um the food just stuck to your belly differently like mm. it changed like my my dietary like thing was different mm. like the poop was definitely like my body was like fucking a we're absorbing the shit out of this yeah you know, this is like real like honest to god like food food right right you know what i mean yeah. and i i've always been kind of skeptical because like i got a lot of people in my life that are just very like you know you know they're poisoning the whatever yeah, you sure, know yeah, yeah. um <laughs> and i've always been like i'm i'm okay with a with a big mac and a corn dog sometimes yeah. you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. food is food if it fills the belly with a little salt and like protein i'm good right. you know but this like showed me that like oh man like this like is different because yeah. I know that, like, you go to, like, Italy or France and the cheese and the milk is different and it's just better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This was like that for everything. Right. Like, I haven't tasted, like, tomatoes that tasted like that since I was a little kid. Huh. You know? Or, like, lemons, like, sweet enough that you can eat them like fucking um, oranges. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, huh. it's it's just different, you yeah. know? And, like peppers that like seriously i'm gonna make a pizza later and put some of these turkish peppers on them and like my my mouth burns for half an hour afterwards <laughs> crazy it's like food it does the thing that it's supposed to do yeah. again you yeah, know yeah, it's yeah. like an experience yeah you know i don't know it all could be just because like i wasn't on weed for a month for a month i mean you, you know, know i'm sure that maybe that's why it. everything blew my mind and all that sort of I, stuff you, you know that but, definitely had to you know, be a part of the mixture, but I'm sure everything. Not you're that saying I'm is... super heavy duty stoner, but like, yeah, it, that was. Um, I have to take that into account too. Yeah, no, I mean, and when and especially that first month when you're not smoking, you're just you you do get that like high on life right. thing going. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. where your brain's starting to be like, whoa, you're like more alert. You're seeing all yeah. sorts of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I think food shouldn't taste better when you're not high. Yeah, right, I think it's supposed to be the other way around. Yeah, I think so too. So, but I don't know. Part of that, and and, and I also don't want to paint like Turkey as like this perfect utopia because I oh, I know sure. I know that it's not. But I think that it was just like the act of like that's why travel's so great yeah. is because like going from one place to another is um, just opens your mind to new ideas and lets you see like the place that you're from in ways that you wouldn't normally absolutely and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So. But we're heading pretty close to fucking pumpkin time right now, so pumpkin I don't know. Time. I could just go on and on about more and more turkey too. Well, we should you know, do more so apps about it. Yeah, we will know? for sure. Yeah, you know, because there's just so much that I did and yeah. saw and shit that I didn't even bring up. Yeah, exactly. Do. This but was like, like the overview, the overview of the trip, or yeah. the the the, pr- the prologue or whatever. Yes, yeah, the prologue. Yeah, but yeah. 
Well, I'm I'm really glad that you had a great time, and I think it's an amazing story because it's like you met the lady through the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess the podcast Instagram. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just like, that's pretty fucking cool. That is pretty cool. That's yeah, I didn't think cool. about that. Is like kind of a full circle sort of deal. Yeah, yeah. Here. and yeah. like and like gave it a, a you know a year or two, and then you just went to Turkey and stayed with her for like a month, and it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, and, and I'm so, going and I'm going back, and you're going back as soon as she stops being super mad at me. I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna go back. Yeah, and if she <laughs> no, know, hopefully she won't be mad at me. Right, for if too she's much still longer, mad at you, yeah. there's other Turkish women out there. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Damn. Um, <laughs> Damn. Now I'm gonna hear about this. Fuck uh, good night. Sorry, Julia. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm a dick. I'm dumb. Yeah, no, we're both dicks, and we get what we deserve. Sure. That's it's, for sure. That's true. And speaking of getting what you deserve, why don't you come on over to our long neglected Patreon Woo! and give us a little money? We're going to post some new exclusive content yeah. on there any day. Spenny's becoming a Patreon master. I am. So, I am. um,. While you're giving him some money, <laughs> you can make sure to give us some money. Yeah. Give us some money first. Help us, Yeah, give us some money first. Help us keep the lights on here. You could actually use our podcast as exclusive content for your Patreon. I could. That's a good <laughs> idea. Yeah. Yeah. I might just go ahead and do that. Just put put some of that shit up. Yeah. Yeah, why not? It's, like, it's exclusive go. content. Yeah. I can hear it anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's been, yeah, it's been going good. I think, uh. It's a slow roll, the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a hard ask for people, but you know, I think if you just you keep it, chipping you got a away, at people it. gripping away. Yeah, you got people gripping in, keeping yeah, in for a dollar too. Yeah. There, what's the barrier? Well, I got my one dollar tier, which I just say it's just a tip jar, and you don't get anything in return. Uh huh. <laughs> and then I've got the five dollar tier. And what do you get there? Like a you get kiss? a. <laughs> yeah, you get a you get a fucking a dick pic <laughs> and a fuck <laughs> you get a you get a a Polaroid in the mail of my flaccid penis. <laughs> That's what you get for five bucks a month and you're gonna like it. <laughs> no, um no, no, you get a uh you get us an exclusive song every month. Okay. And then with a video, along with a video uh, explaining how, like how I made it. And the tip jar, what do they get? Nothing. Nothing. So why do they do it? Well, um, only one person has, <laughs> and, and so I'm thinking of possibly dissolving that tier uh, because. Because if you just give it a dollar to give a dollar, yeah, it's like if you just want to kind of like support and just be like a a fun little. A fun cuck. time. It's a fun cuck. little cuck. Cuck level. No, it's not cuck. It's it's <laughs> still good, but it's like you know, you don't, you don't get anything. You don't. You don't. You so get you're the not, satisfaction. You're not really doing the Patreon thing. I am. It's doing all it. just a bunch of shadows and mirrors, just no, like just no. like our weekly lie <laughs> that we have that you tell everybody that we have material coming out on Patreon soon that no. they're only they're going to get to no, listen I've to. No, I've been good. I've I've. It's been up for two months, and each. So you month, made what? You made one song. I made two songs uh-huh. i just released and the two second videos song. about how you did the song yeah and, and that's 
that's we're, all that's ever going to be on that Patreon. No, as it's going to keep going. As long as it goes. It's going to keep going. But the lies will continue. And no. the little videos, like, get people on there. No, no. Will they, continue. Well, those will the continue. Begging. <laughs> the, the begging. begging like. the, the begging will continue. But there's there's actual content. And there's um, people have been, like, leaving comments. And, you know. Oh, it's a community. It's a community. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, before you get into that community, make sure to visit our community <laughs> and, and give us the larger sum yeah. because we fucking do Yeah, we've got it. more tiers for sure. we got more tiers. Yeah. yeah. got a $10 tier. We don't do anything for anything. <laughs> right. So. But at least we're honest, which is more than Spencer's Patreon hey. can say. Hey, I'm honest. <laughs> I am honest. It's just an empty $1 tier. <laughs> You know, none of our tiers do anything, so it's not like everybody, nobody's left out. You know, no. No, nobody's left out of idiots. No, I everybody tell them, gets everything. I tell them on the one dollar tier. I'm like, this is you don't you don't get anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it says there's the description underneath. I I just say it's a tip jar. You don't even put their name up like on your video or no. something. <laughs> no, all right, it's Dick. a dollar. All right, Dick. Well, it's a dollar. What do they want from me? I don't know. I Give me five dollars, and we can talk, okay? Uh-huh. And then you get the you get the Polaroid. <laughs> you get the Polaroid. You can put that up on your fridge, okay? Right next to your kids' art. <laughs> Spencer's flaccid penis. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Like, oh, it's so beautiful. Let's look at that when we're getting food. To yeah. Eat. <laughs> Uh, Damn. That looks like that weird thing in the back of the fridge. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my God. All right, everybody. Yeah. Well, um, well, we'll see you all later. <laughs> Bye. I love you guys. Bye. Discuss the Universe is recorded in IDTU Studios, located in Portland, Oregon. All opinions and commentary has been carefully researched by the technicians and scholars of IDTU Research Academy, and therefore should be greeted with healthy skepticism and disbelief. No idiots were harmed during the making of this podcast.